From Silicon Valley, the heart of startup land, it's Getting to Alpha, the show about creating innovative, compelling experiences that people love. And now, here's your host, game designer, entrepreneur, and startup coach, Amy Jo Kim. Blair Effington is a product manager turned game creator with a passion for numbers and a knack for innovation. At Crowdstar, she's the VP of Covet Fashion, an innovative mobile game with over 3 million monthly players who like to dress up in real-world designer fashions and then purchase those clothes in real life. The most exciting opportunity is that we're able to, through augmented reality, give people access to an experience that they feel like otherwise they couldn't be able to experience within their own life. I worked on Covet Fashion under Blair's leadership, and I learned a lot from her. Listen in and discover what Blair has learned about bringing hit products to life. Welcome to the Getting to Alpha podcast. Thanks, Amy. It's great to be here. So you've had a really interesting background in the digital media and entertainment space. Can you give us a whirlwind tour? How did you get started? What experiences led you to where you are? So I started my career in product management. I worked for a financial services company, first in New York, and then at eBay down in San Jose, focused on e-commerce, both from the buying side and the selling side. So I grew my product management skills within those two jobs. And then with that, the explosion of social gaming was starting to happen. And you were reading more and more about Zynga and Playdom and Crowdstar, all the other companies out there. So I was very interested in the growth that these social media platforms were driving for other entertainment properties. I went from eBay to Playdom and headed up their viral marketing team, focused on how do we grow these games through continuing to understand user behavior and user psychology, which I learned at eBay through the buying process. In this case, instead of to buy more product, it was to tell your friends about your experience so that the products could grow organically without uh, paid marketing efforts. Playdom was acquired uh, by Disney shortly after I joined. And then I moved over to Crowdstar, where I've had various roles starting within viral marketing as well, and then taking over monetization. And then in 2011, saw the opportunity of mobile growing. At the time, we had been really just 100% focused on Facebook a little bit before that on MySpace. With the growth of mobile and wanting to build out some games and try that that space, so we started a small team and launched Top Girl, which was the number one top free engrossing game in all of iTunes multiple for multiple weeks uh, within a couple of days after launching. And that was a amazing experience that just... Uh, showed the power of the platform of mobile and how that those new devices really opened up the audience in terms of who was interested in gaming and that there was a massive opportunity to build games for women and girls, uh, which is an audience that hadn't been catered to before. Uh, so then we've sort of really focused our strategy on that demographic since 2011, building multiple fashion-based games. And then most recently, we launched Covet Fashion about two years ago. And I'm now the GM of that product, uh, leading you know all aspects of the product. And that's kind of you know the background. 
So you just never okay. stop learning. <laughs> exactly. Always taking on new challenges. I mean, that's really what uh, excites me and why I love working at Crowdstar. I've done everything from product management based roles to doing business development and marketing and user acquisition. Um, and now in overall, you know, strategy management, PL, all that stuff. Wow. So let's talk more about Covet Fashion, which you're now focused on and you've been growing. That was a visionary product. It's a game that lets people play dress up with real world fashion. And then they can even go ahead and buy that in the real world. So how did this game come about? And what do you think is the appeal at the core of the game that attracts such devoted players? So our games leading, leading up to covet fashion, top girl, social girl, modern girl, were much more targeted at teen audiences to early 20s. And what we wanted to do with Top Stylist, which was the product actually right before covet fashion, was reach an older audience. And we were successful in that with through changes in game mechanics, but we wanted to take it one step farther uh, and really attract an older audience. So the average age of a user within Covet Fashion is 29 years old. And our sweet spot in terms of marketing is 25 to 55. It's really an ageless product. We have three generations of women who will play together from teenage granddaughters all the way up to their grandmothers in their 70s. And to do that and create a product that would work for such a wide span, but also really attract, you know, people in their twenties, thirties and forties, we completely revamped everything, looking at the look and feel of the experience and knowing a lot of the audience that we wanted to attract actually doesn't consider themselves gamers. So we needed to have the UI and overall feel be more approachable for them. Uh, so that was in terms of UI and then also in terms of the avatar that we have making that be much more realistic. And then the other key thing was bringing on the real brands because, again, we were going for an audience that does some do like games, but others have not played a game before. Uh, But we wanted to make sure that they were okay dedicating so much time within the app that we felt like we had to add value beyond just the entertainment experience that they would get within the app. And so to do that, we brought in all of the real brands. And what that enabled was a rationalization of the time spent in game, because not only am I having fun playing with these clothes, but I know that all of these clothes are available for purchase in the real world right now and can actually affect the way I get dressed every day. So the real world value that we're able to drive for users by having these partnerships and by having a very realistic display, um, I think was really sort of fundamental to the shift of how Covet was different from all of our other games and what's made it so successful. So what are you noticing about play patterns? Are people using Covet to give them ideas for their everyday outfits? Yes, we definitely have that. I mean, and that's really one of the things that we're proud on. And our mission is, you know, to make every woman feel beautiful. And that should be not just in an aspirational sense, but in the real world as well. And so we receive comments all the time of people who say, you know, before, you know, playing with Covet, I wasn't extremely confident in the way I got dressed every day. I would wear a lot of solids. Now I'm playing around with patterns and florals and mixing and matching. And I get comments, you know, from my friends and I know it's all because of the experience of having Covet. So people are, when an event comes into their life, they feel like they have a new approach to it. What's great about Covet is 
when you are styling within Covet, so you're styling a virtual mannequin, all the clothes fit this virtual mannequin appropriately such that they layer. So you get a really good sense of how everything comes together. You then submit your look, as do hundreds of thousands of other people. And then all of the community, including yourself, will vote on everyone's looks. And so it's all user-generated content. The looks are generated by our users and the scores are generated by our users. We don't say what makes a good look or not. And what that enables, one, is trust in the system and two, a safe environment for you to get feedback on a look without having to go through all the investments that are required in real life. So in real life, you have to buy the clothes and you've got to have confidence to wear it you know, out to dinner or wherever with your friends or to work or wherever it might be. We enable you to get that feedback of how does that outfit look without having to make the purchase and without having to actually step outside. Um, and so it creates a safe environment for users to get feedback. And that feedback, as you know, is so important in terms of driving intent and final purchase. Um, you know, friends, social media, whether or the salesperson in the dressing room are the sources of people who influence you to make a purchase. And we're able to do that through our community as well. Wow. So how many brands are you actually working with? We have over 160 contemporary to high contemporary brands on board. So brands that you would see at Nordstrom, Saks, Bloomingdale's, Barney's, etc. And how do you work with those brands? Do you actually bring in their newest clothes as they're coming out? Exactly. We work with the brands on a seasonal basis. So we get their lookbooks and line sheets for every season and then are launching those clothes within the game as they're available in store. So it's a huge content pipeline. We launch about 4,000 and 5,000 garments every season and it keeps it really fresh. So one of the reasons, you know, our users are coming back every day is there's anywhere from 25 to 40 new garments in the game every day. So lots of people are interested in augmented reality and you are running an augmented reality game that's Mm -hmm. blending the physical and, and the virtual worlds. What are you finding that is most challenging about that? And what also do you think is the most exciting opportunity there? I think what's really the most exciting opportunity is that we're able to, through augmented reality, give people access to an experience that they feel like otherwise they couldn't uh, be able to experience within their own life. And whether it's because of location, money, desire, whatever it might be. But we are able to bring people closer to these clothes, closer to these events um, than they could experience if they didn't have um, an app like Covet Fashion. And so it's a great source of entertainment, but it's also a great tool as well in which people are developing uh, the skills um, without necessarily having to have the means uh, to have it in real life. When you just like see cool outfits and rate them, does that earn you virtual currency? So when you vote on other people's looks, you earn tickets and tickets are the currency that's required to enter other style challenges. Oh, so to enter the daily style challenge, you have to use 15 tickets or to enter any of the other style challenges, you have to use 25 tickets. And so we give you an allowance of tickets and then you can earn more through voting. How do you earn the money needed to buy the virtual clothing after, you know, a first initial 
by entering events. So, or style challenges, sorry, we use that term interchangeably. The, when you enter a style challenge just for participating, you earn in-game currency in the form of either cash or diamonds. So your entry into a style challenge then gives you more cash uh, to buy clothes for other style challenges. For me, I found that the through line in translating the fundamentals of good game design to people that want to build game-like apps but aren't game designers is skill building. All the mechanics fall around that. But if you really focus on stage-based skill building, like what skill are you building and how does that prepare you for the next more interesting thing you can do? A lot falls into place. Right. You've run so many different roles at Crowdstar and other studios, and you have this project management deep knowledge that informs everything you do. When you now start a new project, how do you approach testing and iteration? How do you decide which ideas to pursue and which ones to filter out? I think the first step is always really understanding the consumer. So, or the user, um, so you need to understand who are they, what do they want, why do they care? You have to be empathetic with the user. And then from there, figure out, okay, so, you know, what are the goals that I'm trying to achieve and how do they align with the user goals as well? And always being really grounded in that. And so then as the features develop, always revisiting, okay, what are their goals? What are we trying to achieve and how does that align with the user? And then as you test and iterate, making sure that your tests are set up so that you can actually learn about your success within hitting those goals. You've had so much experience on different kinds of projects. What are some of the best practices that you've learned about how to not dig yourself into a hole and really make something that your players are going to love? I think one key thing is not narrowing down your definition of your customer base to one type of customer and being aware that there are lots of different types of customers out there. And and that can be the customers that you have have lots of different segments and motivations. And then there's also the customers that you don't have yet and needing to find a way of how do you talk to all those different types of customers and get the feedback to know whether your next feature or product is going to satisfy their needs and help you meet your goals with them. So more segmentation of your customers and an awareness that you also need to figure out how to talk to people who aren't your customers yet. Because if you want to grow, you've got to appeal to a larger audience. And you did a great job of that with Covet because you told us a story about non-gamers playing this game. Right. Exactly. So that's always a key for us is... And, a, and one of the things that we're always working towards is just breaking down some of the stereotypes or questions that some people have about, that our audience have about games and whether they would play this or not. So as a product leader, you've had a lot of experience with team collaborations. Are there any practices and tools that you've tried that you found work well? Um, both for distributed teams and for in-office, in-person teams. We haven't actually focused too much on any tools, but I think communication is number one. And being as transparent as possible 
at all levels of the company and about all different parts. So whether it's transparency and just what we're hearing from users, transparency in the data that we get back from users, getting everyone grounded on really what are we seeing, what are we experiencing, um, allows everyone to start from the same place. So then the ideas going forward are all aligned and everyone's um, able to work more productively because we have a great baseline understanding. Awesome. So as a creative leader, what do you feel is your sweet spot? What kind of projects really light you up? I would say almost everything that we do at CrowdStar lights me up because what we're doing is very different than any other game out there. And it's so different in that lots of way in for lots of different customer segments, we don't can't even call it a game. Um, and we'll call it interactive entertainment. But I love, you know, every challenge, whether it's figuring out how to handle, you know, conflicting consumer segments, for example. Uh, one thing that's unique about Covet Fashion is we have uh, that's one constituent, but then we also have all of our brand partners. That's another constituent. And even though the goal is to bring them together, they can often have very different views of each other and trying to be the middleman to bring them together um, and sort of see uh, the presentation of the app in a way that supports both needs. Um, so the balancing act of working with different constituents, I think is very interesting and keeps me on my toes. And um, and I'm also just a numbers person. I love numbers. I love getting into, uh, the nitty gritty of what are we seeing, understanding what's driving behavior. So then we can see measurable results. Speaking of numbers, I recently saw an interesting, uh, press announcement. Yes. So we are up to 3 million monthly active users, uh, which has been great growth from, for us and continue, uh, to see that on a daily basis. So very excited about Covet's future. So what are you seeing on the gaming landscape or on the social media landscape? Because you're straddling the two that's new and exciting to you that you're keeping an eye on. I think the the model that we've proven has worked of bringing in real brands and or just real products or, you know, in a broader sense, anything from the real life into uh, this interactive entertainment space is a very interesting trend and one that's going to continue. So, you know, augmented reality, I think that's the next step. I think we're much closer to that than full acceptance of virtual reality. So I think you'll continue to see a lot of different applications and experiences that play around in this space of giving people access to, you know, items, products, experiences that are real. Um, but in a virtual sense. It makes me tremendously excited. (laughs) (laughs) I have, uh, that's a world that I just can't wait for it to blossom and happen. I think it's for me personally, much more interesting than VR. Right. Because it's embracing reality, not shutting yourself off from it. Right. And I think it has a unique uh, element of entertainment value as well. And, um, And I think it also allows one thing that we've seen that's important within Covet fashion is we actually stay away from storylines of saying sort of who you are within this experience and it enables the user to decide on their own. So when you're creating a look for a style challenge, 
it's totally up to you to decide, am I creating this look because it's something that I would wear or am I taking it as, you know, I'm a stylist and this is my client and this is what I would, you know, how I would dress them and sort of giving that power of decision to the consumer, I think is really important too. And so you're really walking that fine line between something that has almost sandbox feel and something that's structured like a game. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, and I think the other trend too is just putting the power into the consumer's hands uh, and letting them really to decide. And you'll, you're seeing that within gaming, I mean, but also within retail and a lot of other uh, industries where, you know, within retail, you know, users are now able to design their own shoes um, and then have them made and 3D printing and things like that. So the power of the consumer, I think, is going to continue to change lots of industries. And you also see that, you know, a few years ago and now continuing with the power and rise of Minecraft, which is very ungame-like and sandboxy, but incredibly customizable and moddable. Right. Exactly. That's another great example. So that's fantastic. So Blair, we haven't talked about the K issue, the Kardashians. (laughs) So Covet Fashion predated all the Kardashian app madness by several years, correct? Or by one year? Not by several years. By one year. It might even be months. We have to check on. Okay. So that's okay. That's good to know. Um, So you were before them, but that, but one question is, do you think that, that a rising tide lifts all boats and that actually helped people discover covet fashion? Yes. uh, I think the success of Kim Kardashian's game has been a success for us as well in terms of bringing more women uh, to the gaming world and opening their eyes up to the different types of entertainment that are available through their phones and iPads. So Kim Kardashian's game and the success of other games has, has been great for us. Um, and I think we're still able to succeed because we have such a distinct product. In many ways, your product sounds like Vogue 3.0. I'll take that as a compliment. Oh, it's a huge compliment. But I'm thinking of all the women styling themselves when otherwise they might be flipping through Vogue. Exactly. And, you know, getting up to speed on fashion trends through your game. And I know that was what you set out to build. And huge congratulations to pulling it off. It's an amazingly innovative game and its success is... um, I think just very prescient on your part and no doubt due to a lot of talent and hard work. Thank you. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and perspective. And um, are there any particular URLs that you'd like to send people to if they'd like to learn more about what you've talked about here? Sure. Just covetfashion.com is the best place to go. Awesome. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen, too, if you want to know something about the future of augmented reality. All right. Thank you, Blair, for being here. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for listening to Getting to Alpha with Amy Jo Kim, the shows that help you innovate faster and smarter. Be sure to check out our website, gettingtoalpha.com. That's gettingnumber2alpha.com for more great resources and podcast episodes.